0: And may you feed a hungry world through me. You may be wondering, why in the world did we sing that when we're closing out a sermon series on fasting? And I get that. That might be a little confusing. But remember, fasting isn't just about food, right? If you walk away after today, and that is your only understanding of what fasting is, you haven't been listening. That fasting is a volunteering withdrawing of something to center on the person of God to center on the relationship we have with Christ uh, going going to him in prayer right we talked about that for the last couple of weeks if you're going to fast but you're not going to pray it's not going to work let me say that again if you're going to fast but you're not going to pray then it's not going to work and I use a, a variety of imagery for that over the last couple of weeks now to some of your disappointment there are no gift cards today Right, uh, and it's safe to say you've done that very well. Right, I, I didn't, I, I didn't uh, enjoy someone writing on the uh, White Castle's gift card, gross, and putting that in my office. But the ironic thing is, you still took the gift card. Okay, so whoever that was, check your heart. Uh, but understand that fasting is a tremendous way to grow spiritually. That if you're going to ask me, Pastor, how can I grow spiritually, it's going to be in the Mount Rushmore of what I'm going to advise you to do. Pray, read God's word, right? Serve. We're going to get there a little bit today. One of the best ways to grow spiritually is to get your butt out and serve. Serve not for gratification of self, but serve because we are called to serve others. And that doesn't always be just finding a soup kitchen and serving, though that's an excellent way to do it, or linking up with Pastor Jamil and This Way Ministries like we are, that's a great way to do it. Serving can go above and beyond all of that. Serving may be, just as we prayed for this in the middle of service, is going and meeting with someone that needs to be met with. Going and praying with someone, visiting someone who maybe hasn't had a visitor in a while, I know that hospitals and, you know, uh, having guests in there, they they have numbers, and since COVID, it's been a little bit harder, but going and visiting a shut-in, that is a way of serving. Praying, sharing the gospel, those are ways of serving. And as we close the sermon series today, we're going to close on the person of Jesus. I think that's right that we do, and there can be really no gift cards to Jesus, because that's weird. The only gift card you need is God's word. And it doesn't cost you anything. That we read God's word, we see how Jesus served, we see how Jesus fasted, we see how Jesus prayed. He was intentional in his relationship with the Father. And we are called to emulate him. How do I know? That's what Christian means. Translated, little Christ. So I'm going to offer that to you today. That if you are here this morning and you claim yourself to be a Christian and take any political ties to that or any other junk like that, take that out. The the followers of Jesus, those the Christians, little Christ, how are you doing in your walk as a little Christ? For that's where we're going to center on today. Because Jesus gave a teaching in the book of John that is what we're going to tie this sermon series in with. So Claire, stay with me. I'm going to jump around a little bit, going back and forth from the scriptures, but you can put it up. We're going to be in John chapter 6. Jesus' bread of life is the heading. So this is a little context, right? This is after Jesus had fed the 5,000. Uh, then he went away. This is where Jesus then walks on water and calms the waves. Uh, they thought he was a ghost, all that kind of stuff. And this now we find ourselves the next day. So let's just uh, ask a question. Uh, A a rumor that gets said in the Ileana area, and let's just say CRC churches, uh, how widespread can that get within 24 hours? This is testing the rumor mill of our churches. Don't fight me that it's not there. It totally is. So in a day, that could probably, let's say it starts here at Munster Church, even though none of us hear our gossips, right, or anything like that, and I, I, I recognize that. Let's just pretend that a rumor starts here. In 24 hours, how many churches do you think can can be affected by that rumor? Go ahead, Joe. 50, okay. Anyone else? All All of them. So anywhere between 50 and all of them, right? I don't know the exact number of what all of them means. So word of mouth, especially with you know, texting and inter- the internet today and all that kind of stuff, can, news can fly real fast. The feeding of the 5,000 would have traveled pretty far, but they didn't have any of the technology advances uh, of, the, of 2023 as they did then. But word of that, I'm sure, spread. Why? Because Jesus fed 5,000 men It also talks about the women and children there. So again, you talk to 10 different scholars, you'll get probably 12 different answers because scholars like to answer more than once. Let's just, for sake of argument, it's not a big deal. It's not a close-handed thing. Say 9,000 people. That Jesus fed 9,000 people with what again? Go ahead. No, close. There was, uh, there was, anyone? Five loaves and two fish, right? The one fish and two, that's what you would have eaten, okay? That's, that was been your share. Um, he's one of my good eaters. Uh, but, you know, five loaves, two fish, 9,000 people. Pretty astonishing, right? That miracle, uh, again, Lazarus rising from the dead, that's probably the biggest, you know, outside of Jesus rising from the, be- the dead, which is the biggest, I'm sure. But that's probably up there. That's probably in the top five of the feedings we're going to dive in to the teaching of the feeding of the 5,000. Because so many times we like to teach that people, they were hungry and they were filled and they were satisfied. And that's what Jesus does. He, He satisfies us with himself. And that's not a bad teaching. That's not a bad way to live your life, right? That Jesus is my sustenance. Jesus fills me when I am in need. He fills me. He gives me what I need. Great. You will not go wrong Living that out. But there's another teaching here that goes about four steps deeper than that. So let's start with verse 22 of John chapter 6. If you have a Bible with you, again, we read out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. But whatever translation you have, we'll start in verse 22. On the next day, so this is after the eating and after the walking on water. Exhausting day, I'm sure, for Jesus. So right off the bat, we see word of this has gotten out. So now people are traveling a day's journey, walking. So walking from Munster Church for, let's say you're going to walk 20 hours, right? How far do you think you can get? And let's not use Dan Argsma's strides, because that doubles mine. But uh, how far do you think you could get? You guys have already answered your good participation. You're doing very well. Thank you. How far do you think, Jeremiah, how far do you think you could get? Walking 28, 20, I mean, again, let's just say that you can do that, right? Walking 20 hours. What part of Michigan? Really? Holland, Michigan. Man, that's flex. Wow. Uh, Holland, Michigan. Man, okay. Uh, I don't think that's true. So uh, let's, let's try somebody else. Maybe a little more realistic. Go ahead, Tony. 60 miles. Which way are you going? You're going to Holland. Thank you. Okay, yeah. So, all right. Um, yeah, I don't really know how to pivot from that. So, let's just say that that's hot. So, again, Holland to here. Holland, Michigan to here. Fair enough. So, you got these people walking. They already know about all of this. They see these boats. They see the one that's not there. They, they've been told already, yeah, Jesus didn't go in the boat, but the disciples did. Where are they? And now they're all going across the sea, to the town of Capernaum. So there's a lot of movement going on. Verse 25: When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are, uh, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Hmm. That's interesting. Truly, truly, I say to you, you are not seeking me because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. What is Jesus saying here? Who wants to take a guess? There's multiple answers, so I can't put lunch on it. What is Jesus saying here? You're here for the wrong reason. What do you mean, Mike? Because you want physical food. You're coming to me as a baker. You're not coming to me, or you're coming to me as a chef. You're not coming to me as the son of man. You're not coming to me as Messiah. You are recognizing that I did a miracle. How many people think 9,000 people, five loaves, two fish is a miracle? Especially those that have had big families and had to do Thanksgiving. Absolutely. But you're not coming for that. You're still in your own wants, your own needs. You're still making my miracle about you. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? I don't know about you, but I'm getting mad at them now. Because they missed it. Five loaves, two fish, 9,000 people, and they had their fill This wasn't like, oh, you get a whiff of the fish and one little crumb of bread. They got to eat, and they were full. Yet they miss it. What work must we do? The works of God. Jesus answered them. They said, then what do you do uh, that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Then they doubled down. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. They're still making this about food. If you're still making your fasting about food, stop because you're not fasting well. That fasting is not about the food. That fasting is about centering your relationship on God, learning more about yourself and who God is to you and what he wants for your life. Yet so many times we fast and we think that that's going to give us kind of like, what is that called at Disney World when you get to bypass all the lines? Wow, a lot of you said that real fast. Okay, so I I always think that's funny, super, like, come on, how many people hate those people when you've been sitting in the line for, uh, I was about to say Boy Meets World, that's a TV show, that's not a ride. What is the world one that's no longer there? It's a small world, yeah, and then they shut that down. Anyway, another rhyme for another time, that you're there now for three hours and you're just seeing people in the fast pass line. Just go, get out. Get out. If it was me, I'd go twice. If I had the fast pass, I'd make sure. I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I can't afford it. But understand that, yeah. anyway, that you know, we have these, we think that if we're going to fast, that our request to God gets this fast pass, that God, I'm doing this spiritual discipline, so therefore you're going to give me what I want. We already know that that's not how you pray. That God's not some kind of uh, gym ATM. Okay, Jim, you pray for me, you enter the right code, I'll give you exactly what you want. Because more times than not, if we have a God that just does that, then he doesn't want the best for us, because if we're honest, our desires are sinful. Our desires and our wants are not always righteous. That sometimes, maybe all the time, what we long for are things we don't need. Or the things we think that will give us rest or give us peace, don't. And then, and I hate that this offends you or it really punks my heart to to understand that there are times I want things more than I want God. Or my trust in God to give me what I need isn't enough. God, I know you're going to give me your peace and that's fine, but I really like this. It's a both and, it's not an either or. That God wants to give us the best. And how do we know? Because he tells the people, yeah, Moses didn't do that. Look to see how they kind of hero worshiped Moses here, that the stories of Moses. Again, he's in the hall, right? He's in the Hall of Fame when it comes to faith. How do we know? Cuz the book of Hebrews tells us. But Moses didn't do everything right. How do we know? True or false, did Moses enter the promised land? False. He didn't get the he didn't get what he thought he was going to get because he disobeyed. And he's still in the hall of faith. So understanding that they are hero-worshipping Moses, Jesus is going, no, you missed it. It's not about Moses. It was about God providing what they need. They are stuck in manna. Their expectations were manna. That's where they wanted. That, they thought that was the limit of their spiritual relationship with Yahweh. I'm sorry, friends. If you have a relationship with God and all you want is manna, it got to go deeper. It got to go deeper. God offers so much more than manna. He gave them bread to, from heaven to eat. Jesus says, Truly I say to you, it was not Moses, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives light to the world. Think about that sentence. The true bread. I guarantee you there were some people there that were thinking what their favorite bread was. Oh, the true bread, then it's going to be a cinnamon roll. Or it's going to be rice roll. How many people like Raisin Roll? No, Raisin Roll. No, Raisin, that's a fruit. That's different, right? You get that a lot of Greek restaurants as an option. Raisin Roll's on 41. Um, all of their stuff comes with like a shot of insulin. Um, but they're still stuck in bread. Friend, Jesus is more than bread. Jesus is more than a mere meal. He is the true bread from heaven. Who is this? The one that comes down and gives light to the world. Verse 34, they said to him, sir, give us this bread always. They're still stuck in bread. They still want a heavenly baker. They still don't understand Jesus. Because Then Jesus puts it right there for us today. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of God of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst but i said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe all that the father gives me will come or gives me will come to me and whoever comes to me i will never cast out for i come down from heaven not to do my will but the will of him who sent me so jesus right off the bat right I am the bread of life. Jack, what did I just say? Right? That Jesus, he's the bread of life, right? Yeah, move over. That Jesus is the bread of life. He's just done this narrative and this dialogue about the manna from heaven that God provided for the Israelites. That God provided for their life. But now it's not about the material. It's not about sustenance. It's about salvation. That Jesus comes as the bread of life. That whoever eats of him will never be hungry or thirst again. We also see later in John, he says that I am the water of life. What is Jesus saying? You don't need the comforts of this world. You don't need what you think, you believe, you wish you had. Yet we're called to feed the hungry. To give drink to the thirsty. Because physical needs are important. But it's not about physical needs today. Fasting has never been about your physical need. Fasting has always been, will always be, about your spiritual needs. Well, pastor, I've never fasted before. I don't know if I ever will. Well then, friend, you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on spiritual needs development. Because some of us walk through and go, okay, I've made a profession of faith. Uh, I've been a member of the church now for longer than Pastor Jim's been alive. You know, I've been an elder. I've been a deacon. I've served. I, I even did the nursery, right? And all I can say is, your room's probably not going to be by the ice machine in heaven, so way to go. But if that's, if that's all you're looking for, if that's all that, okay, I'm going to do all of these things and check the box, check the box, check the box, check the box, As a pastor, I say, thank you, but you're settling for manna. You're settling for physical bread. You're doing your part, and the church needs you. That's amazing. But if you have the ability to serve, then you have the ability to grow. And that is exactly what fasting is about. Growing more in the person of Jesus. Becoming more and more the person, the gifting that Jesus has called out for you to be. Because if you're going to be the kingdom come for somebody else, don't you want your best self? And your best self is not someone that just shoots for the average. Your best self is not someone that says, "Ah, I've served, I'm good. No, no. What some of the greatest conversations I can have in the church is the older kids of faith, the older generations in the church that say, you know, my time as being elder and deacon is done or leading Bible studies is done. You know, that's all well and good. You want to know some of the greatest people that keep bringing pe- new people into the church, unbelievers into the church? It's our older generations. That they know and they understand that an invitation to, of somebody to a church sometimes is better than teaching in Sunday school. Because we all have different giftings, and it all molds together the body of Christ. The body of Christ that he gives us. The bread and water of life. In a couple weeks, we're going to celebrate communion. We don't have an ordained person to oversee communion next week, so we're going to push it back a couple of weeks. When I get back from my trip, we we will do that on the third Sunday in June, which actually I love. I did write this series, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of directed that, that we would have communion next week, but I actually love that we have a couple of weeks, because we could do prep Sunday like we normally do, we could read the Ten Commandments, talk about how bad we are and how much we need Jesus, clear out, clear out all the sin, right, confess it all, hopefully this week reconcile hurt relationships and come to the table, but I want us to go deeper over the next couple weeks. Where do you want to grow spiritually? Where do you need more than manna in your life? Where do you need Jesus the most? And over the next couple of weeks, I want you to ask him. I want you to seek him. If you need to fast, fast. Fast. Right? If you need to pray, pray. If you need to seek God's word, seek God's word. If you need to find counsel, find counsel. Where do you want to see yourself grow the most? Because what it ultimately asks, right off the bat, and band, you can come on up as I, as I finish this part. I'm going to tell you that where you need to grow the most is probably where you think you're the best. I don't need to grow in that because I've done this. Friend, that's manna thinking. That's not the bread of life. Oh, I get my fill. I'm good. You're missing it. Getting your fill is not about you. Getting your fill is telling other people about Jesus. Because if you have the bread of life, if you are a believer, awesome. You're good. You are satisfied. Now it's time to bring other people into that. If you have followed the light, right, and you are, you have that vertical relationship, praise God. But in your fasting, in your growth, in your spiritual disciplines, the question ultimately should be, who else can I bring to the table? Now, here at Munster Church, we want people to be members of a church to come to the table. Because it makes more sense then. But in order to do that, there's got to be a relationship. I don't know too many people that go, I want to join the church because I want to take communion at their church. They have the best bread. No. What does it mean to invite other people to the table? So often we go, hey, I got my invite. I'm good. No, you're not. How many people have you invited to the table? How many people have you wanted to be a part of the body of Christ? We're going to take a couple minutes. We're going to sit and we're going to reflect. We're going to reflect on those people. Or maybe you know people that just want a little manna. They, they, they don't want the bread of life. They just, want, they just want their needs met. Maybe, just maybe, that's you. As we reflect, ask the Lord to bring those people to your mind now.